And welcome to an episode. I don't know if John is back yet. Is John? There's John. We missed you, buddy. I love you. Hi, John. Hi. <laughs> we should be live and everybody should be able to hear us. Uh, if you guys hear anything wrong with the podcast, any, oh, not, not our content, of course, but uh, sound or whatever, please let us know. Uh, that way you can get it fixed if there's any double sounds or blah or chickens or fried dogs or I don't know. Whatever. Just let us know. Um, welcome to episode, Kathy? Uh, 86. 86. Today's podcast, we're going to talk about how to help out your local com- store and community. I uh, know I'm not in screen yet. Um, even when you don't have a lot of money. Um... Because you have problems buying a lot of things. Um, but before we do that, we got to do the, the business again. Um, we need to thank all of our sponsors. Um, we were supposed to get something up for Mechanica Studios. That was not able to happen. We will get that started again. Um, for all of our Star Wars Legion fans, Chris will be giving away a one of his carrying trays. Um and get that uh we will get that up and running the contest you will have to be a follower on facebook to do it and you will have to answer a question to be eligible for the uh prize i think Um, we should make three questions we know one question because i don't want to go through all three of them because you know i'm the one who's gonna have to judge it and do everything with it well i mean that was a monty python joke and thank you for totally shooting it down That's what I get for just not paying attention for two seconds. <laughs> I missed the Monty Python reference. Um, but uh, we will have that up this Monday, uh, probably Monday or Tuesday, um, to see if you can get a sweet, 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 awesome little deal from Mechanica Studios. Uh, we also want to thank uh, Tectonic Crest Studios, Dan the Man. Um, we will be giving away one of his uh, gift certificates next week. Two people will get a gift certificate next week. Um, on next week's live stream. Uh, and also Muse on Minis. Thanks for letting us uh, be a part of them. And the Muse Network. And putting our podcast there. So people can hear it. And also if you like all the cool stuff that uh, Muse on Minis makes. You can get a cool sweet discount code. You type in the all one word more than dice. In the discount code you'll get 10% off your order. Da, 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 da. Yes. Banyan. It is the guy with the cool Legion trays. Um, he is letting us give away one of them for free. You just have to be a uh, follower on Facebook and answer one of our Facebook questions when we get it up. Uh, is it a that, super hard question? No, we talked about it last week. Um, but it's just going to be a good little fun question and let some people have some creativity uh, with it. Um, so with that, Kathy, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking another Malibu Caribbean rum with coconut liqueur, right? It's called Fizzy Pink Lemonade. Okay. John? Uh, Dr. Pepper and Kraken and whatever else I get my hands on based on how this internet connection is going. <laughs> um, listeners, what's everybody drinking tonight? Put it in the chat. Type it up. Let's see if you got good taste in alcohol or if you're like most people and just want to get shit-faced. Um, also, if you're not drinking alcohol, that's totally fine. Gotta always put a damper on everything. <laughs> you know me, that's how I roll. Um, tonight I'm drinking a dragon's milk. 
Uh, I had a few more in there. I was going to think about cracking open my bottle of um, Sorta Liege, but I decided not to. Oh, the Sorta Liege. I still feel like that needs to be uh, a breakfast beverage that you have with waffles. It is. Yeah, but you're not supposed to have whiskey with breakfast. Why not? <laughs> I do not understand this. That's a social construct. I might have to bring out... Um, Mizzy is always uh, getting some really good stuff. I might have to bring uh, and let a few people local try that because we don't have Sword of Leech locally down here in Arkansas. You're so, right, you don't. <laughs> and so uh, I may have to bring a bottle of that. If anybody hasn't had a bottle of, or tried Sword of Leech, it is maple syrup whiskey. All the Canadians bring it down for Adepticon. So oh, yeah. That's where, I, that's where I have it. Yeah. All the Canadians that come to, down to, like, Warfare Weekend, they always bring, like, four or five bottles, and they just uh -huh. share it around. <laughs> so, uh, guys, we do have a few tributes to do. Um, Kathy has one. Kathy, what's our tribute for that you have? My sad, sad RIP is for Mad Magazine, who, come September, will no longer be putting out any new content. And it breaks my heart as somebody who's been a fan since I was nine. <laughs> uh, pretty much legend, so it's going to be sad. John, what else? Uh, Rip Torn. A name so unbelievable people at work looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, oh, nope, yeah, they were crazy. like, that's a real person. Yes, that is a real, real actor. Yes. He's been in a ton of things. Garvin uh, is on uh, in the chat. Hey, Garvin. Gervin. Grevin. For those who don't know who Rip Torn is, uh, he was, what was his most recent, or what he kind of got known for was uh, Z in Men in Black? Yes. Yeah. Agent Z. Agent Z. No one's sure Kathy hasn't been drinking Banyan. She's yeah. <laughs> always drinking. Um, so, guys. Just, but you'd recognize Rip Torn. He's been in a million things. Hot. Tea. I mean, uh, he hasn't been in hot tea. That's just what I'm drinking. Right he now. might have been because I mean, it's ripped torn. It wouldn't That's be bad. true. He's been in everything, hasn't he? Like everything. Everything. So, so to them, our listeners, our patron subscribers, guys. Also, if you're uh, on Patreon or if you're not on Patreon, go check it out. Uh, we have some new rewards coming up shortly. Um, my Dawn of the Harbinger is coming to the end, which means I will be putting up... Wait, like, right in the middle of our our cheer, our toast? Right in the middle of the toast. Just go to it. Make sure you drink on the way to the website. Um, gotcha. So Very you're, you're supporting us, too. Ah. Yeah. So, cheers. Cheers. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. One more. Alfred E. Newman, we hardly knew you. I mean, actually, they really did know him. He's been around for a while. Yeah, we kind of did, yeah. Oh, damn, that's good. All right, I'm going to switch over to a paint cam. Um, Kathy, you painting anything tonight? Uh, no. I know John is. John's going to be painting up a whole storm tonight. Uh, I mean, after we get done, yes. I got to do my hobby streak <laughs> of painting. I just... Time got away from me. Didn't have a chance to. I'm painting up some uh, Y-Wings for... Uh, Armada, I just need to do touch-ups. Ah, uh, yes. I am going to try to finish up these bases for Conquest. Not bases, but objective markers. And pretty much finish up my Conquest uh, Pharaoh Mancer a bit. 
Pharaoh. Is that F E R R O? Pharaomancer? Yep, like pheromones. Uh, no, P- that's P H E R. F E R R O is for iron. So, so it's like pheromones, not like iron or like pigs being yeah. a pharaoh. Yeah. It is uh, the pharaomancer, which uh, does have to do with this, you know, senses of smell and Can we, stuff we like that. Can we just call him a fartmancer instead? Fartmancer? Fart- the Fartmancer? Yes, uh, the yes game... we can. And now I feel like that's my husband's new nickname. The Fartmancer. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the high quality entertainment you expect from For the Tights. Um, yes. <laughs> so uh, the game should be out next week for anybody that uh, is going to be getting at Conquest. And, of course, we, you know, like I said, we got some extra models. Um, and so I wanted to paint it up and do this as a test scheme. And I like this little scheme. Pretty good. Not a problem. I like it. I'm sorry, what? Did you 3D print that butt plug? Yes, I did 3D print this butt plug. Yeah. Looks pretty good, actually. uh, So, people that are listening, it isn't really a butt plug. We need to make that clear right now. Uh, It is a miniature holder. Uh, So, yes. Um, So, it is that. And if you look at it, I'll even show it. It is held together. There is uh, a rubber band woven between them, and then there's these little clips. Uh, I think this only took me like three hours to print and just put the rubber band, twisted it up, put it in there. I also and like it's got the little grips, uh, the little, uh, little uh, dimples or uh, yeah. on one side that you can, either side that you can use to, uh, to grip it. Well, you know, what's funny is whenever I printed this off, I wasn't sure if I would use it because I've been used to holding, you know, with you know, the, by the base when I paint. And so <laughs> it did. And I was like, actually, I'm kind of liking this. It's actually yeah. kind of working. So I may print off another one. I may not. I have no clue. I don't care. You know me. I give no dams. Um, but yes, it is a 3D printed version of it. Um, I found it on Thingiverse, printed it out. I'm like, yep, I can deal with this. So, but uh, like I said, going back to Conquest, Conquest will be out uh, this week or next week, uh, live with the models. And so I wanted to get a few things painted up. Uh, I got my brutes done, so I just wanted to get him done too. Because uh, the rules did go live. And so I'm just kind of getting things ready. So I went on a play. Uh, and so then. How does, the, how does this model holder stay together? Is there band. like a spring or. Rubber band. Rubber band. Okay, okay. Um, but, uh, I did want to kind of finish up my dryad too. I'm waiting for the base to dry before I do some dry brushing on it and probably finish that up too with some good snow going on and everything. But, um, but yeah, here, here you go, Kathy. I'll show it to you real quick. Uh, look on screen. If you look, you can see there's a rubber band and there's like this clip that holds on the inside of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just... Gotcha. uh, I see how it works. Yeah. So, quick and easy. Magic. Space magic. Magic. 3D magic. magic. Let's go with that. 3D magic. 3D magic. Um, so let's go and talk. Let's get our subject. Our subject today is helping out our local game stores. Um, we're going to go and start off with the one thing that we know we need to talk about. We all understand that the hobby is expensive. Buying models, paint, all that stuff. It's expensive. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. And we're always trying, as gamers, we're always trying to make sure that we make our money last and try to, you know, get what we want, but still have a good place to play. That's uh, a whole topic. 
It, it is. It, and, and, and it is. The, the, but this is something we can do. While we all try to support our local game stores monetarily, there is ways that you can do it without using a ton of money. Uh, and you can still keep the store open. While so, we always suggest that you do buy everything from your local game store. Yeah, that, that's the we first step, really. We, we just as understand. Much as possible. Yes. We, 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 we understand that you, you know, hell, if I find a model that's 75% off, you got to go, damn it. There are levels you can't say no to. That's you yes. can't say no to. There's some eBay bargains out there. You're like, you're just trolling for hard to find stuff. And suddenly you're like, well, that's a really, really good deal. Sometimes yeah. you just got to go with it. And everyone understands that. Even the game store. Yes. What you got to do is you can't be the everything, you know, in online because it's a little bit cheaper. Yeah. A, a few bucks, 10 bucks cheaper. I'm not going to buy it online. I'd rather buy it in store. 75% off. 50% off, I, I, I can't I can't fault someone for doing that, if you know what I'm saying. Well, I mean, it's at their levels. Like, example, uh, Bainey and I bought our boxes of the most recent Transformers set online. But there's more to that than just Correct. buying it there. It's cheap for... I also still buy packs at the store individually, but they're not giving us any discount. Uh-oh. Any discount. Uh oh, Banyan talked and it crashed him again. Yeah, way to go, so, Banyan. Way to go, Banyan. We're just gonna blame you from now on for every technical difficulty that we have on but, the stream. But we, I mean, you, we understand <laughs> when you and people have to go to a different place to buy a thing. We, it, we're not, we're not dissing that. We're not saying you're wrong. We're not, you know, anything like that. So ever, but. There are different ways that you can support your local game store without having to buy everything all the time. Will we want y'all to buy everything from the local game store? 100%. But we understand. Kathy, you said you took notes. Um, hopefully, John will be back and he can help and join in with us. I don't know. My notes are more like just uh, me reminding myself of things that I've done this week and stuff. Oh. <laughs> One of the things I know that we can do uh, to help the local game store keep afloat is buying certain things. There's certain things that you want to buy anyway because it just helps them out overall. Um, like I said, if you find something 75% off, I mean, you really... I, I can't fault you on that. But if it's only like five or ten dollars, or you know whatever. Oh, we are always buying like dice or paint. Yes. Or brushes, you know, some things like even if we don't need like a whole box of models or you know a set of anything or a game, if we're there just like to play a game out on a table with some friends, we'll. We'll just go buy a, a few jars of paint, you know? Yeah. Uh, one of the things I do, um, since I, you know, I typically, I used to go to a lot of tournaments and I used to go all the time. Um, even if I want, even if I didn't win anything, like a gift, you know, a, a gift certificate or whatever was happening, I always bought something. Whether it was, you know, a simple um, paint, a brush. Just something so, you know, I, I, I didn't just, you know, 
don't want to say wasted their time, but didn't want them to feel like I was just kind of mooching off of them type thing. Um, but buying the small things adds up because if you're going to go for a paint or a couple of paint or a couple of brushes or dice or whatever, that adds up eventually. So what about other things besides buying stuff that you can do for to support the local game store? And I see you, John. Do you just not have audio? No, I have audio. I was okay. waiting for a spot to say something. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> We're get sure. Because I know that, that you and John do things like running uh, leagues and stuff for games, and that helps support the store too, don't you think? Yeah, we absolutely because running a game not only gets people in the store, and people in the store they're going to buy stuff. And like Gonzo said, the little things, you know, if you if you uh, much like Gonzo, if I go to a store for like a tournament or event or anything, I buy something there every yeah. time, hundred percent, because I want them to know that. And especially if you're there on a game night, you want to buy something on that game night, probably something of that game. That way, they can know that that game night is resulting in more purchases. Uh, and talk with the guys at the store. If you want the store to know, like, oh, you know, how do I let you know that this is working? You know, how can I let know that not just you, because obviously you're here to see me. How do I let the bean counters who look at everything know that this is working? Do you need me to buy, you know, you know, if I'm there for Transformers Night, do you need to buy Transformers cards on Transformers Night so that people know, like, this is working? You know, you know, you can do that. That's, like, next level there. But running the events helps, too. Oh, yeah. No, it, and running new events, not just, hey, I'm going to run the blow them up, smash them up league on Planet 5 for the people that always show up, but also running, like, journeyman leagues, um, starting yeah. leagues. Anything Inclusive like that. events. You yes. want stuff that gets people in. You want to keep the entry, the buried entry low because you want little Timmy who, who just shows up every night and has seen you guys playing and convinced his parents to buy some models for him to be able to jump in. Yeah, especially for, for people that are new, because like I said, our hobby is expensive. We're not going to deny that. But for someone that just got into the game, and they only have, you know, half an army to to start off with, 100%. Run something that's for, you know, slow-grow leagues. I think are always great when you see, when you have a bunch of people that just started um, playing the game. They definitely can, you know get into what's happening and that helps out the store owners more than anything because they can go, Oh, well you bought this part of your army. This is what I think you should get next because blah, 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 blah. And that goes, okay, well order that for me, please. Or, Hey, I've got it on the shelf right now. Why don't you do it? But the key point is actually talking with the staff there and not just all you know, the register monkeys who aren't interested, just want to keep the line moving. Those are not the guys to talk to because they're busy. They want to keep the line moving because that means more people are happy. You grab the other guys who may be walking around or maybe wait till they have a, a free moment. I don't know how every story is. Games and stuff has generally four employees on duty or more. So I'll go around to one of their guys and, you know, go like, hey, I want to run this event. When's it good for you guys? Let's talk about it. And sit down and talk about it. That way you can see what they need. Because yeah. they might not need an event. They might have something planned. Like, one of the guys came to me like, hey, John, is Sunday just a bad day for you? Because we're doing Kill Team. I'm like, Sunday's not a great day for me, and I'm not super interested in Kill Team right now, but, you know, I'll keep it in mind. And that's the key. You got you to do all that. It's, it, I say, it's really a lot of time investment. Not necessarily money investment, but a lot of time investment to, to keep that stuff running. Well, and it's also, um, 
I noticed that some stores are starting to do it a whole lot more, which I think is really good, is they're not just play nights either. Like build terrain night. Um, get together and help paint the, the terrain pieces that the store has bought or um, bring your own that you want to donate. I mean, Kathy and I have talked about this. How many times have you had to use styrofoam and mold styrofoam to make terrain pieces um, for whatever game that is out there? There's oh, pink, pink foam is your friend. Oh, yeah. Jim and I made a, a terrain table for one of the local game stores. They were... They had been open for like three months. They were brand new. All, they had mostly board games, but they had a, a little Malifaux community. Uh, they had a, a bit of a war machine community starting up there. And we we built a whole table. The table itself was pink foam. Uh, <laughs> and all the there were hills for the, all the corners had like a, a little bit of a hill on it. And... Mm-hmm. There were modular hills. There were modular forests. Um, I don't know if they still have it. <laughs> and that's a good thing, too. One of the guys locally, um, let's call him for real, because I call him for real. Long joke. Uh, he was complaining about the, the 40K train. Like, oh, it's all busted up and stuff. I'm like, then come in on a day and volunteer to help fix it up. If you don't like the store's terrain, jump in and try and help them. Donate stuff. Bring your own stuff when you're playing sometimes. We bring our own mats for Malifaux and whatever, because that way the store doesn't have to stock them. That's, that's money they're putting out. That cuts away from our bottom line. That makes it harder for them to stay in business. Yeah. So the more little stuff you can do, and, and they're going to do as much as they can. Like, they're going to. If they have enough Malifaux people and they don't have Malifaux boards, they're going to find a way to get Malifaux boards. But you knowing them knowing that you're going to show up on Malifaux night with your one or two mats is going to take pressure off of them and let them put that into something else. And we that's actually... the little ways you can help. We actually show up with tubs full of terrain for when we're going to the game store to play bolt action or something. Mm-hmm. And and not only do we have our, our armies that we're setting up, but we have all this like buildings and trees and stuff like that that we just bring with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it. I don't I don't want to rely on the game store to provide terrain for me. I mean, you can certainly. Yeah, you absolutely can. And. And honestly, that's sort of the point there in the middle where it's like the game store should have terrain for you to play games, but you should be helping them with it. It's it's all sort of a symbiotic relationship. You've got to help them. they got to help you. They're not because of the niche, neighbor, the niche nature of our market. Say that three times fast. Uh, <laughs> you have to really do a lot of work back and forth. Like if they need extra terrain, like if Malifaux, you know, takes off and you need different terrain you need to work them like okay hey what do you need do you guys just need someone to put it together you guys have it from x y or z do you do you want us to bring our terrain talk with the people um if you if you like a game champion it at the store be the point of contact say hey uh, i want to be the point of contact from alphone night since you don't have any you know have everyone talk to me what do you guys need me to do here's what i need from you guys it makes it easier it really does yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of stores that really just don't have the time to champion every game. And so they're always going to be looking for that one or two people that are like, hey, can you run this? Or, you know, would you be willing to, you know, be be the sponsor, per se, of this? And usually some store owners, I'm not saying all, will give like a discount to that person or help them out. And, you know, hey, I, 
can I give you this guy's number because he wants to get into Malifaux and you're the Malifaux guy. And they were like, dude, he just bought like, you know, $300 worth of Malifaux. You know, mm-hmm. Have like, you know, a, a, a beer on me or, you know, whatever. It looks good to the community. And honestly, don't expect that. It's okay no. if they don't do that. Because honestly, nowadays, and I and I mean this as purely a fact with no judgment, a lot of stores now are just throw shit at the wall, see what sticks. They don't have their people. They don't have the people to support it. They don't have anyone in their staff who really cares about it. So they just sort of just throw it at the wall, see if it sticks. You know, we almost didn't get the Malifaux stuff. I was talking to one of the guys. He's like, well, we almost killed the whole line because no one was buying anything. And I'm like, hey. That's dumb. They're between editions. No one's going to buy shit between editions because that's what fucking happens between editions. Yeah. You know, but we had this talk and, you know, he's he, he understood where we're coming from and he, he realizes now that they got to look at that next level. But if they had someone running it at that point, I was doing other stuff. If they had someone running the game at that point or, you know, up to that point, they get the information. So you got to be that guy sometimes out there. Just even if it's just like, hey, Malifaux sort of on hiatus because they're between editions, you know. So they're playtesting all this stuff. We might come in and play some games of that, but the average person is not going to be as interested, so keep that in mind. Run your stock lean. Don't expect a lot of sales on it. It'll come back when the new edition comes back. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. Well, yeah, I mean, especially uh, between new editions is always a big pain, pain in the butt because everybody's like, well, I really don't want to play because this is going to change in a month or so or whatever. Yeah, uh, playtesting is not for everyone. Trust yeah. me, I know. It is a completely different mindset, and it really sometimes saps your will to game normally yeah. or saps your will to game in, in that game at all. And, uh, you know, so it'll go away. But you still have to be, if you want that game to succeed, sometimes you're going to have to be the champion. And it can't just be the same person. You have to try. Maybe you like the game, but you're busy like, hey, you know, I just ran at the, you know, Age of Sigmar League. I'm going to run the Legion Slow Grow. Maybe someone else can run the other league. Maybe you can find someone else. Like, who's interested? You can run the, you know, Malifaux Slow Grow League for all these new people. Yeah. You know. But at the end of the day, like I always say, sometimes the choice is between you or nobody. And if nobody just won't do, you got to put more on your shoulders. But just don't let yourself get spread too thin because that's just as bad for a game as anything. Yeah. Burnout is a thing. <laughs> Crimson, don't, don't, don't get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> um. But like I said, I know that um, one of the stores, they're doing uh, paint nights. Mm -hmm. And it's just everybody bring your paint stuff one night a week. It's everybody gets, you know, everybody gets on these tables and just paints up their models. And Mm -hmm. and there's everybody there. It's not just, you know, random Joe Schmo, but I mean, the hardcore painters are there. And everybody's, you know, hey, how did you do that? Oh, this is how I did this. Oh, that looks really cool. Can you show me how to do that? Yeah. Uh, and, And that builds the community up. Um, and it builds up the community really well. Um, especially nowadays with all the people that are streaming and painting and doing classes. Um, and, and, and you, if you don't go to gaming conventions, you don't see it as much, but if you go to a gaming convention and you have their hobby hangout area, you have a ton of people that are all hanging out, all painting and all talking. And everybody's, you know, like you could go up to somebody and go, Hey, how did you do that? And they're like, oh, this is how I did it. And then you're like, turn around and you're like, Oh, that was so-and-so that's a studio painter for, you know, this company. And he just gave me this advice. And you're just like, what? Um, I know yeah, that happened. Yeah, doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but like Daniel said, that's what we miss about uh, old Drop Zone. We literally had a ton of game uh, of uh, 
uh, painting space, and every day people be there painting and all that. We all got more painting and hobbying done in that period of time than ever before or since, just because you're all sitting there chatting and hobbying together. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the best way to do it. The old I, you know, your paint bar. That's what I was just gonna say. The old paint bar at the uh, at the bunker by us. I miss it so much because it was such a a great community, and that's kind of that's kind of why we started the hobby lounge at adepticon because i i really like that sitting around with other painters just working on your models whether you're trying to finish something for uh, the painting competition at the convention or whether you're trying to finish the models uh in your army for the tournament that starts in you know like a half an hour like <laughs> i had some guy down there in the morning on friday morning at like eight o'clock and he's like i just have to get these done because the tournament diced down in like a half an hour i'm like oh my god oh yeah especially if you buy the pre-release <laughs> model gotta, oh yeah you yeah, still gotta have it that, still gotta good. have it painted but uh but yeah i mean that's sort of uh the, the whole jubby thing like honestly that's where it's all started the uh jubby battle bunker in uh, baltimore back when it was a thing or glen Burnie, technically mm-hmm. there was a giant uh, conference table that they had in there and we would all just hobby and paint there and it was great that's where it all sort of started. And going with that, you don't have to be a great artist to get that started. Being a no. community person and just saying, hey, let's get together as a community, hang out, paint, hobby. And like I said, you could use that as terrain day. You could use it as, you know, learning how to paint something. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, you know, some painters that are, you know, that do it for a living or, you know, are pretty serious about it. They're like, hey, I'll be up there. Does anybody want to learn how to do something? Yeah, there's a lot of things you can do. And also, I mean, you can go even further than that. If you're teaching people, you can apply the same sort of ideas to even your gaming nights. Um, Bill, who was formerly our local uh, henchman for Malifaux, but he does too much real work now. He can't afford... Yeah, and so your camera is doing the seizure thing again. It is the seizure thing. Yeah, I looked over here uh, something. He went through and he had basically themed weeks for Malifaux when we were running it to be like, all right, this week we're going to use this strategy and then teach you guys how to make lists based around that and all. You can do a lot of more stuff like that. There's so much when you're in there supporting you can do for that. It's it's crazy. Oh, yeah. A, a, a tech night is what we call them. Um, yeah. You get together and it's like, all right, this is what... It, and, there are certain people that, you know, they, they want to do that because especially people that are new is like, why would I bring X model instead of Y model? And we're like, well, this is the reason why. And, you know, you go over like list structure and how things work and why, oh, you know. That sound fun. Or why, even you just go like, hey, guys, we're all going to play this scenario. You know, random roles be damned. We're not doing that. We're all playing this scenario this time. Let's all figure out how we can all get better at playing it because that leads to more stuff. There's a lot of community stuff you can build. Oh, yeah. And it will build on each other. Yeah, That's sort of actually the idea behind a slow grow league where you sort of start off with certain scenarios so people sort of like figure out with lots of small games, okay, this works in a scenario, this doesn't. And, and, and when you're done playing the game, you can go, go, all right, what did I do wrong what, you know, is this actually, is my list, my other list better at using this scenario and against yeah, your yeah. army, you know, talk about it. Don't just go, Hey, good game and walk away. Yeah. Learn and, from it. I remember this stuff is not just limited to miniatures games. If you have a card game you want to play, you know, if you want to play Warhammer champions somewhere, 
you can sit there and you guys can all sit around and and tech together. You can have a night. You can support it. Like, let's just do, you know, maybe just, you can sort of run a little mini tournament, you know, for people who are there and just for a modest prize. People love paying for a prize. Even if it's just like, you know, we all put in the cost of two packs and then we just split up over the winners based on how well you did. Who? It, it's just a little fun thing. Yeah, but yeah, those deck teching. I have some a group of friends who does that, and uh, and and they just sit around and they're like, "I want to play this deck. I want to I want to figure out how, you know, how I can get this particular strategy to work. I feel like there's a synergy between these cards. Can you guys just like bring everything at me? Yeah, until you- I until I figure out what works best. And if you tell them what they're looking at, this is sort of the good thing about having a game thing night at a store. Um, and honestly, I would suggest for any of those, try and get a Facebook group with the store's blessing. <clears throat> if the store jumps in on it and wants to have one of their guys moderate, even better. But if not, try and just say, like, hey, we are not affiliated with, but this is the players that play at X store for this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll help a lot. So you, well, you can do the stuff like, hey, we're going to do tech night tonight where we're all playing this scenario or, you know, we're all trying this kind of thing. And or someone be like, hey, I want to try out X thing. I know it doesn't work against Y. Let me see if it works against Z through the rest of the alphabet. I want to see if double bounty hunters will work in Star Wars Legion. Yeah, so don't bring MSU versus me because I can't, you know, you out activation me too much. I can't deal with that many small moving parts. Bring me something more standard. You can do that. That's part of it there. And... You know, the store's the best place to do that because people can see that. Yeah, I mean, ha- having a good tech night is actually, especially if you got a group of people like my meta is very competitive, and they'll get together and go, all right, why is this, you know, why should I be playing with this instead of this type thing? Um, you know, That's really how you improve. I mean, that yeah. really helps people to improve their game, it seems like, and it never would have occurred to me until I met these guys who were trying to do that for the Warhammer Champions game. I mean, I say that because that's the only card game I've played, mm-hmm. you know. But but it just didn't occur to me that you could do this for for games where it's just a bunch of people trying to figure out, like, mm-hmm. you know, say there's, a, you know, like the, the Scar brand in Warhammer Champions is the impossible champion to beat. So these guys all want to tech some deck that can beat it, you know, and they'll just mm-hmm. sit around experimenting with different decks until they can get ones that consistently beat it. And I'm like, that never even occurred to me. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that's the thing, especially me of tech. It's, yeah, it's, it's one step better because normally you're sitting in the dojo, you know, maybe on the internet and you can dojo for a million hours until you put that shit on the table. You don't really know. Correct. Um, I know a lot of, like I said, going back to the tournament thing, a lot of us all go out together and, you know, you, you then you go out as a team. And, yeah, you're probably going to be playing against each other eventually if, you know, that's going to happen or if it's a small enough tournament. But you, when you go out as a team and you all go together at once to a tournament, there's like this really good camaraderie that goes on with you and your group from Store X. Um, yeah. And it's actually a lot of fun because you're like, oh, shit, here comes Gonzo from the Northwest Arkansas guys with all these uh, crap. Well, we just, you know, and you're just like, yeah, well, that's just kind of what we do. We're not dicks about it, but there's companionship, I guess the best way to put it. 
when you go out together as a group and a team to help. Yeah, we used to have uh, the Drop Zone Dropouts, which is what we called ourselves. We had our own little logo and all. and had our own little uh, bowling shirts we'd put on when we go out to stuff. It was just cool to be together, you know, have a crew, you know. But that's sort of the camaraderie you get. Not every store can build that. Some of them are sometimes too big or too small for that. We, had a, sort of... we had a painting group for uh, Games Day. Hmm. For uh, the, the North America... Team North America it was for for Games Day. Just a bunch of people that got together and like a and back then it was an email chat because there wasn't Facebook, you know. Back and, in those days. <laughs> well, yeah, these guys had smoke signals to talk to each other. But yeah, but yeah, it was. I mean, it was kind of a team, and then and we all talked about our projects, and then when we all got together at Games Day, you know, it was that was the camaraderie there. Uh, but that is, I mean, doing that sort of thing, getting together at your game store, that's how you support the game store. Because eventually these people that are coming in there to do this stuff are buying booster packs or they're buying paint and brushes. Or, you know, even though they play tabletop war games, maybe there's a board game that catches their eye. And they wouldn't have even known about it if they didn't go to the game store every week or every month or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, uh, if you're at the store playing something, people will come up and take a look. Like when uh, when I used to go up work Fridays early and uh, uh, not brush out Dave when I were playing uh, Legion or not Legion Armada, I would be there, have my board set up, have my, my whole fleet out. People come take a look and just chat about it. That's the kind of stuff that can help a store, you know, just being there set up and being willing to take questions early. And you're not always in the mood for questions. Um, and, and sometimes you're going to have to suck it up and answer a lot of questions you don't want to uh Unfortunately, when not brushhead Dave's involved, he will not answer questions beyond simple answers. So it's on you. <laughs> so be on your game there. But you, but you'll know that you know you'll know the guys who can answer questions who can't. You know they come in looking for a game. You'll know who to send them to, who not to. Well, especially for uh, ugh, sorry, it's like really hot in the room. Uh, who who is the guy that can help the newbies? Mm-hmm. Um, that is always a thing because there are some people that are you know. They don't have the time to go over all this stuff, even though they should. You just know that there's like this one guy. He's like super into it and everything, but he is not the person to go to for people to learn the game from or to do whatever. But you can go, hey, John, John will answer all your questions. He's happy to do that too. That's something he's well, yeah, you into. Yeah, the guys who play them because so in our local old local war machine group. Uh, Matt, last name withheld to protect the innocent and the guilty, um, <laughs> is. Super competitive player, but he is a great at playing newer players because he'll explain it all clearly, concisely. He knows how to scale it. He's going to whoop his ass. But he's going <laughs> to do it in a way that the guy sort of sees all the stuff and learns a lot. Yeah. On the other hand, Frank, again, last name redacted to protect the guilty, and then I said, has one speed. That is go, go, go. Kill, kill, win kill. It, win at all costs, and I don't care if you just started the game and will never want to play again after you play me. It's oh. not even that. It's just that that's his speed. Mm-hmm. His speed is just go all the way. And he's not trying to be a dick about it. He's not going to lord it over the person he just Oh, beat. yeah. He's just there to play the game. Yep. Yes, I am also good at schooling. I tell everyone, like, if you beat me, you, you cherish that. I don't give you a game ever. You earn that game. But I also know how to do it in that way where someone's like, 
I see what John did. He's taught te- teaching me the stuff as he's handing me my my ass. I love a game where I almost win against somebody who's a really good player, and I'm like, I was so close this time, and I learned a bunch of stuff while I was playing that person. What's the hard truth? So GW teaches people to lose their first game against against people coming in, which for a demo game is fine, but for an actual game, no. They will learn a million times more from losing than from winning. Oh, hell yes. Oh, but you know what's funny about demo games in GW is I I feel like I was I'm not their target age group for demo games because when I went in there for a demo game, I was already I don't know. I don't even remember. Anyways, I was old. <laughs> she was so old, she still doesn't remember. I, I, I wasn't like 10 or 12, you know? And I just kept pa- pausing the guy. I'm like, wait, wait, I have a question. <laughs> I had like a million questions about all kinds of things, and it was just throwing him off of his, you know, spiel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because they, they really train those guys to be, you know, sort of a machine on that. But that's yeah. the thing, like I said, you got to know in the store who's going to do that. Uh, we had a thing um, oh, probably a good two years ago where a father and son bought the two-player starter for War Machine the week before. And they were in. They're like, hey, who can teach us? So they're like, hey, John, you can teach them. <laughs> so literally I missed lunch with my crew because I was sitting there teaching those two how to play. But, you know, it's okay. It is it's it is what it is. Sometimes at that point I was a champion, a champion for that game. you got to be the champion for that game whenever. You know, ain't the first meal I missed. Won't be the last. But it was good. Those two felt like they had a good time. And, you know, you, you got someone's got to be there for that. They got to do that. But that's also a good thing. If, you're, if your store's having some sort of big day on a game, if that's your game, ask if you run a demo game. Are you ready to have a demo set? It's hard to have a demo set. I understand... They're talking to someone who has a hard time painting enough models for one army, much less two small armies, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but, you know, if, if you're going to be the champion for that game, try to do that and try to be ready so that you can be the one to uh, run that game. Maybe the store will have it. Maybe if they know it's coming in advance, it's a big enough deal. They can get a starter set, and their employees who actually know how to paint models can help. You know, but that's sort of the whole thing. It, it, it comes back to communicate with the store, find out what they need, and see what you can do. Back way, way in the day at the Baltimore Battle Bunker, we had a, a gaming club called the Inner Circle. Uh, or the Wolf oh, Pack. Oh, hey, Archeon. Oh, and, and I, uh, I'm echoing through somebody else's mic. Oh, that was a good echo. It's Adam. Hi. But uh, we, we had a gaming club, and, and literally we'd have discussions with the manager of the store. He's like, oh, hey, I need this, this, and this from you guys. We're like, okay, cool, we can do that, but we need this and this from the store. So it became that whole, you know, back and forth, you know, we're helping each other. Yeah. You scratch my back, I scratch your back. Exactly. I mean, don't let the store take advantage of you. They're not going to in most cases, but they're not thinking about that. They're thinking, about, oh, cool, someone's in this game, they can do this, and they can do this, they can do this. They're not thinking in that far away. They're thinking just, how can this guy help? Because they want the game to do good, because the game's doing good. I mean, we're going to the store, buying all sorts of stuff. It's all good for them. Yeah. They're not thinking, oh, hey, I've got this guy running 17 games and all that and really taking all of his personal time. They're not thinking about that. They're focused on something else. You need to be focused on, okay, the community needs this. I need to not overstretch my boundaries or, 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 or stretch myself too thin. So you guys have to talk about that. And sometimes it is a harsh discussion like, 
okay, I can run this entire day of games for you, but I can't do it for free because, I mean, I love the game, but... I need you know, my I, time, too. I need my time, too. And that's sort of discussion you can have. Maybe it's just like, okay, sure, we can give you this thing for free. We can do this for you. May Discuss it with them. Don't discount it. Don't do it. Discussion's the way it is. Communication is the most over, uh, most underrated part of life. Communication between people is the key. You mean like with words? With words. We have to do words? Preferably words. Oh, you were telling me about Hand gestures work, today. but there's not a lot of those that work unless you know sign language. If you do, you know, hats off to you. That's another part where maybe, here's a good one. If you know sign language, let the store know you know sign language because if someone comes in who needs someone to sign, you can help the store out again. You can help that person out. They're going to be feel great that someone knows sign language. Or if you're an employee in the store, understand that there are pads and pencils for a reason. I had a guy come to the old card kiosk I worked at. He didn't. He couldn't speak to me. He just put out. He pulled out a pad, a pencil, and we just had an entire conversation on Notepad. Didn't try to speak to him. Didn't do anything. But like he's doing. That's how he's communicating. That's how we're going. We had a full discussion. He left happy because you know had he had someone who could understand him. We took the time to do that. But the, the whole communication, find out what the store needs, find out what your community needs, because you kind of got to be the go-between. You you are the monkey in the middle. And, you know, just remember, it's, it's still just your hobby. Don't, don't let it get too much here or there. Just be like, okay, the guys in the hobby say we need more terrain. The store says we need more of this. All right, you guys need to buy more stuff from the store so they realize this is going, and then we can convince them to get more terrain. Or maybe just skip it and we'll just buy some terrain and have it made up. And maybe we'll leave it at the store. Maybe we'll take it with us back and forth. Those are all discussions you should have with the store and with the community. Yes. It's not just one side. It's two sides. It's you sitting there in the middle. We've done that with painting, too. Mm -hmm. Just With yeah. any game, anything like that. Painting, terrain building. Like, oh, hey, we need some more terrain built. We don't have the time to do it. We'd be like, well... You supply the kits and the supplies, we'll, we'll happily come in and spend some time building it because it's going to help us in the long run. Or maybe uh, otherwise, we're like, okay, we can supply some kits we have lying around, whatever, um, but you guys have to supply, you know, get some supplies or make sure it's a safe place to store it or something like that. There's there's a lot of back and forth you can make on the whole thing. But you have to be willing to have someone up there making that uh, discussion with them. Yeah, don't assume. Yes. All that happens to assume is you make an ass out of you in front of me. Because I know there's plenty of people that are like, I'll, I'll, I'll help with terrain, and they're like, oh, we thought you were bringing stuff. No, we're not bringing stuff. We thought you were bringing stuff. Yes. like, ah. Oh. Clarity, clarity and communication. That's, that's where it should all start. That should be the watchword of this episode. How to help your store? Communicate. With them, with the community, back and forth. Make sure there's no uncertain terms between you two. Make sure everything's done. Make sure you're, you're talking with them about certain things, especially when it comes to like setting up tournaments. Mm -hmm. uh, plenty of times I've had people go, man, I want to do this tournament. And they're like, okay, cool, do the tournament. And then all of a sudden they're like, tournament day. Oh, uh, we scheduled something else because we didn't know if y'all were really going to do that or not. I'm like, ugh. Oh, you definitely need to keep the lines of communication open. And you can't just assume that when you mentioned it one time, that the game store is going to, you know, put that on their calendar. If you don't keep talking to them and communicating to them about the tournament, about different parts of it, you know, what time is it taking place? 
what kind of stuff do you need from the game store, yep. uh, whether they need something from you. You have to constantly be talking to them about it. Otherwise, they're going to be like, yeah, we get a million people coming in here and saying, hey, can I run a tournament? Yeah, and you'll they'll, they'll be like, yeah, but do you really want to run a tournament or are you just saying you want to run a tournament? And then exactly. yeah, the other way, too, because I had one uh, weekend, one Sunday, I had the day. Like, you know, heck, I'm going to show up at the uh, game stuff. I'm going to play uh, War Machine Tournament because it's tournament day. I show up. Uh, Banyan was actually there randomly, too. And I'm like, where's the guy running the tournament? They're like, we haven't heard. I, well, then I guess I'm running the tournament. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Had that happen that, before. I mean, that can happen, too. you got to be willing to step up for that stuff, too. Um, sometimes being the champion for the game does mean that you're going to have to sit back and watch the play once in a while. Yeah. Don't do it too often, because that will make you not want to play the game or see the game anymore, but sometimes it's got to. I, I like how your snow base is kind of going here, Gonzo. Oh, thanks. I'm just kind of getting everything on there. <laughs> I, I like to hear you just blowing into the mic. Are we not? <laughs> I feel yeah, like hearing me blow. That's super attractive. <laughs> What's that, John? I said, are we not doing phrasing? We never do phrasing. I, I think we are still doing phrasing. At least Banyan's doing phrasing, and that's all that really matters. Banyan's going to be our phraser. Archeon is at home and grinding Rocket League. It's 2 a.m. where he lives. <laughs> uh, John, that's going to be the UK, probably. Yeah. Yep. It's <laughs> my quick internal clock. But, I mean, there, there's a lot of things. Our, our main point of this is there's a lot of things that you can do to still support your game store without having to spend, you know, money buku. I mean, there... And one of the things that, you know, John and I kind of hit on, and Kathy, I'll hit on, talk with your store people. See what they want. Because they may go, hey, guys, I've had a lot of people talking about Malifaux. Um, do you all know how to play Malifaux? And you're like, well, I know a couple of guys that know how to play Malifaux, and... Maybe we can get them to come and show the game off, and you know, maybe we can get things ready and get get, get, get things going for y'all and have a Malifaux League. Um, or they may say that they would want to see if this game has any traction. Or, or like I said, last time I, I went in, I'm like, hey, uh, do you want me to run 40K or Age of Sigmar? And they're like, well, we've got a lot of people doing Age of Sigmar, so let's do Age of Sigmar. I'm like, all right, run Age of Sigmar. You know, if you don't have much for preference, go for it. Um, if they want you to run, if you're like that general purpose guy, sometimes they're like, oh, hey, we got a lot of interest in this game. You're like, well, I can run that for you, but I don't have any models, and I'm not going to buy any. So the ball's in your court. Don't hesitate to do that. Yeah. Can't all be you giving. You have to get some, too. Sometimes that getting is just a ton of people being happy playing Age of Sigmar. That was all I got out of the Age of Sigmar campaign. That was fine. It was great. Um, it, that was good enough, but sometimes, if you're spending enough time, you might need more from that. Ooh, that was tasty. Oh, yeah, that was... Uh, that was a good one, John. Just as attractive as the heavy breathing. That was that was not a good one. That one was super weak. Uh, Kathy heard the good one earlier the, when you were the, I was just going to say, the good one was before we even went live. That was spectacular. Oh, is that when I had to go get a beer? Yes, yes it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It oh, actually, you were getting the tower, I think. Oh, when I get the tower? Oh, okay. But, like I said, there's there's a lot of things that you can do for your local store that will help them out besides money. Yes. You just got to talk with them, figure out what's going on, 
do what you need to do. I know that there's also, uh, for example, there's, I know there's a lot of things you can buy online from another company that the store can get in locally and you will still be staying, paying the same price um, type thing. Because I know that there's like some token sets and all this other stuff. You're like, oh, I could buy it online for X amount, for $100. I'm just exaggerating, of course. Uh, I could buy it online for $100 plus shipping. Or I can go to the game store, have the game store order it in for $100 plus tax. You know, there's, you know, there's that thing. A lot of places will sell to the local game store and you just pay the same price. That helps and, the local game store more than you And know. if you like a little supplier like that, check to see if they actually will sell through game stores. Yeah. A lot of those people will, and sometimes you might start something that helps everyone else, too. You can get your stuff to the local game store, making it stuff to other people. That can help a lot. It's gross in this room. It's so freaking hot. So, it's almost like you live in Arkansas. Yeah. Right in the summer. Right in the summer, no, and there's uh, a big old huge window right here that I've got all boarded up. Um, what, let's go ahead and jump over. What's the temperature in Arkansas today? Fuck you. Is that the temperature? Uh, actually, it's just, I'm not sure. Let me check. Fuck you with 105% humidity. Yeah, that's pretty much true. That's got some humidity worse. Switch over to the media section. Uh, it's only 81 right now, so that's not bad. Oh. Oh, it's about 80 in here, too. Yeah, it's with the humidity. Close to 80 you don't see right me now. complaining, but that's only because it's been 80 in here for, like, weeks. So I've gotten acclimated to it. It's actually cooler since I'm no longer digging around looking for Malifaux models. I swear to God I own, but could not find. And <laughs> <laughs> I found them. They were in a box level painting supplies. All right, so let's go with our media section. I do have a robust one, John. We're, uh, we're very early for media, aren't we? Oh, we are? I mean, that's because Gonzo's got a robust one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, if you've got seven things to talk about, maybe we should start early. Probably. Because uh, I know it's John's going to want to comment on one of them. guys. That's fine. <laughs> uh, Kathy, what do you have to talk about today? She's got something. I... Jim and I immersed ourselves in the second season of The Expanse this week. Okay. And then a few, a few episodes into the third season. If I wasn't on a podcast right now, we would be finishing up season three. We are loving it. I mean, well, we love the first season and absolutely love the second season. And the first few episodes of the third season, you could kind of tell that it was no longer sci-fi, and it was Amazon. Uh, it's no longer... Oh, yeah, I gotcha. As far as the people behind it, sci-fi, not... Oh, yeah, not the sci-fi channel. I don't mean not sci-fi the genre. Well, <laughs> it kind of left hard sci-fi for more of a soft sci-fi, but with some hard elements. That's good phrasing, isn't it? I, yeah. <laughs> hard elements like Ferris. Like Ferris. Pharaohs. Um, let, me, let me go with one of mine. I was supposed to do it last week, but didn't get a chance to because we were running short on time because I had 50 billion ones to do there, too. Uh, was Creed 2. Creed 2 is, of course, the precursor to Creed 1. But um, it's the story of Apollo Creed's son uh, becoming a boxer with Rocky Balboa's help. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but in this one, Drago... And the Russian, you know, boxing thing has come back. And right now, it is now, you know, uh, 
Rocky trying to help him out. And, of course, uh, the Russian boxer beats everyone with shit out of him. And he's pretty much, you know, broken, almost dead. And he has to come back and fight his way back into everything. Um, it was okay. I mean, I like boxing movies. I like, you know, movies about boxing um, and so on and so forth. But there was no need to make this movie. There was no need to make this movie, honestly. It had nothing to do with what was going on. There was no reason for nothing. I mean, he goes to this advance. He, you know, he gets back to basics and goes to this camp out in the middle of nowhere to retrain to fight the the Russian boxer and learns all these cool little techniques of how to beat people and how to stand up and fight and box and everything. And... He never uses any of it in the movie. Tasty the Resort part. just joined us. Hey, hey Tasty Resort. Um, that it seemed when I saw the previews, it seemed a little contrived to me, and that's yeah. saying something since I'm willing to give people sort of benefit of the doubt. It seemed like really Ivan Drago had a son, and he's boxing too. This is, is a little bit. Is much. it the old, the bad, and the old? Yes. Oh my God! It's Mike Disney. Hey, Mike. But I mean, it wasn't bad. It just was like, there was, why did y'all make this? There there was no need to. Um, They're not going to make it full of the, the nineties, you know, pre cold war falling, uh, goodness. That was Rocky four. Correct. Cause I'll be honest. Rocky four is not a great movie, but that fight scene at the end of it is just absolutely amazing. Yeah. It, it, it gets you all the feels and all the excitement. It, it's well-crafted camp yes um so i mean it, it's like it's a it's a mess of like two and a half maybe pushing three space herpes type thing but eh, i could i could have dealt with something else but i mean i do like good boxing movies and this just wasn't really a good boxing movie just I, I, i'm not surprised honestly no i wasn't surprised either so john oh. what you got for us well, I know everyone wants to hear about Spider-Man Far From Home, so instead I'm going to start with The Fast and the Furious, because I watched <laughs> that in the past two weeks also. Wait, which Fast and Furious? The Fast and the Furious. Wow. That is the first one, for those of you who uh-huh. cannot decipher their idiotic original naming structure. Because Fast and Furious would be the fourth one. Let's we'll leave that alone for now and just go to the movie. Um, so the whole idea, it is basically point break just with street racing rather than surfing. Yep. With Vin Diesel in the role of uh, Bodhi that was made famous by, my brain just stopped, Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. And then Paul Walker standing in for a young Keanu Reeves, which is, is probably a more closer analog. <laughs> um, so what can I say about this movie? It is really dated. It is dated as fuck. Yes, like VCRs. Like, I mean, DVD players, but still, It was a DVD players? Yeah, it was DVD players. It's dated. Uh, it does have some cool scenes. It the like honestly, when you realize how far from these roots the series has gone, you will be like, "Are these really the same series? <laughs> they don't really have a lot in common anymore." But it is enjoyable. It has some good moments. Um, it is not high art by any stretch of the imagination. It's also not the worst in the series by any stretch of the imagination. I'm pretty sure that's Tokyo Drift, which I have not seen, but. I may see since they're all on. Well, I mean, the first three are on uh, Prime or Netflix, and then I think I own the rest. You know, the when it gets good. 
<laughs> when it gets good. So, I mean, Paul Walker's enjoyable. He's still really young, still finding his footing as an actor. Vin Diesel is Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel's always amusing. He's extra Vin Diesel at points. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez is, I mean, young Michelle Rodriguez does have not have any idea how to fucking act. <laughs> she is not good. No offense. She gets, like, watching this just to see how much better she gets as an actress is going to be its own treat. Because she leaps and bounds. But I feel like we're too harsh on young actors nowadays when really they, they take a while to get to their get to their 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 hit their stride. Look at Keanu Reeves. It took him years to get to his stride. <laughs> and now, you know, it's Keanu Reeves. Everyone loves Keanu Reeves. Everybody. But anyways, uh, this is it's fun to watch if you're gonna go and you wanna watch the whole series to see where it started again. But other than that, it is the epitome of a put it on in the background action movie. It's two and a half space herpes. Uh, watch it if you're bored. Put it on the background. I am generally incapable of putting on something on in the background and doing something else, but I put this on while I was working on Transformers decks and would just look up once in a while for an important scene and otherwise just be like, yep, that shit happened. I know all the shit that happened. I've seen this movie a million times and nothing is... There is nothing wow in this movie anymore that makes you want to see it. Yeah. So other than the oddity or background noise, it's you're not going to see it. But it is a fairly standard action movie. I mean, unless Kathy's on something else, it's up for Gonzo again. Kathy, do you have something else? No, I don't have anything else. Then Gonzo. I watched, and this was during my peruse of Amazon to try to find something to watch um, and put in mostly for background, but I did watch it. Um, and that was perusing all the bad movies on Amazon. Uh, Guardians. And I'm talking about, <laughs> yes, Russian <laughs> Avengers. Um, oh, my. Now, we, we, John has actually given a review of this before. Um, I right there, didn't I? Yeah. Um, and we've seen it and we've heard about it. Um, this movie sucked. <laughs> um, better than a movie, and that is terrible. Yeah, you know what's funny is you can tell that they were trying to make a Russian Avengers superhero movie. Um, the superheroes, okay, they got cool powers. You got a guy that's super, super fast and likes to cut things up. Cool. Got a guy that transforms into a bear. Cool. And a werebear at that. Um, you I gotta, like werebears. Yeah. A werebear uh, with a Gatling gun. Yeah, and he's oh, eventually sweet, he has, even a better. Gets, has a Gatling gun. Uh, you have, even better. You have a guy that can control rocks. Okay, cool. And then you got a girl that I still don't even know what her fucking powers were. Hold on, Brad. You know what his powers are, Banyan. Tell him what her powers are. Her powers are dead ass. <laughs> I mean, literally, there is a scene where she puts her extra super suit on that gives her makes her powers even better. Where they do the extended shot of her butt, and I'm just like, you're not even pretending. No. Like, Some pretend that's not the idea. Nope. Yeah. You just whoop. That's the idea. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, she, I mean, she was supposed to control water. Median just called the touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it was, the special effects were horrible. Um, very, I mean, very, very, very. I've very, seen worse, but yes. for a 2000s movie, is not good. No. Um, the it's story like was. King type level, but you was. You know what's funny? I, I heard that they're redoing all of the Scorpion CGI to make it better. Scorpion King CGI. 
Actually, that's uh, someone who's doing it on their own. Oh, is Wait, it? The I would hope they put the that rock? in a yes. special edition. Oh, God. It looks so much better to find a subscription. So much better. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it was just bad. Even, like, the story was bad. The acting was bad. The way things were The villain were done. was not terribly, like... Wouldn't have and villain? I've seen some Russian cinema. I know they can do better than this. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it was it was bad. I mean, what was the what was the vampire werewolf um, series that they did? Um, Nightwatch. Wait, a, a Russian vampire werewolf series? Yeah, it was, yeah, it's something like that. Nightwatch, and it was actually pretty decent compared. I mean, it was yeah, way above this. They were this. stealing off of Underworld, but I mean, yeah. Well, Nightwatch is based off of a book series. Yeah, but yeah. they're all still at the same time. Yeah, they, yeah it, but I mean. The, and like some of their military stuff is actually quite good. Yeah, I mean it was just I mean I was like really for disappointing is, is the best phrase for that movie. Do what? Disappointing. That's the yes. best that's the description. <laughs> there wasn't really much to talk about besides this is just a bad movie. This one's creeping. It's not as bad as Atlantic Rim, but it's getting there. Um, I don't think it's quite in the same ballpark. At least the guy, the super speed guy with the the really really curved weapons, is kind of cool. Yeah, he was kind of cool. He had some cool abilities. The lines were horrible. Everything you know was you know the dialogue was yeah, terrible. It was horrible. So we're we're creeping like four four and a half type space herpes on this. Just I, not. I'm pretty sure I gave it like a three and a half. I don't think it's quite nearly up that bad. It, it was it was bad because I mean some of this stuff is just like really. Oh. Wait, what? What? Okay. So, uh, Mike Disney wants to talk about movies that are uh, zero space herpes, like Casablanca. Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, looking. Oh, that, that is. Zero. I don't know if it's the, the best, best movie ever. I think Raiders of the Lost Ark still. Uh, oh no, I like Big Trouble. Sits there. Uh, I mean, Raiders I love it. A really good but movie. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm just saying, it's tough to pick. Well, I think someone said, "What oh, name? Oh. Name like three movies that you could watch over, over, and over, and over again." Why not both? Um, yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark is one of the top movies in my list of movies you can watch over and over and over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, I mean, like... Yes, why not both? My, uh, <laughs> But also, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is another movie that I can watch over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I just love it. Yeah, I mean, like, my, my the two I can say right off the top of my head that I could watch over and over is Fifth Element and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Or, uh... Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> I can watch those all the time, over and over and over. All the time. I have watched Big Trouble in Little China over and over and over. Oh, yeah. Also, Buckaroo Banzai is another one I can watch over and over. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so I guess we're up to my other one? Yes. I could tease you guys more and go to my book series. So I'm going to, actually. I'll go to the book series I finished up um, in an effort to get my reading streak off the ground because I had not been reading enough books. Uh, I read the entire Warrior Trilogy by Michael Stackpole. Uh, And these books are slightly old, the first one being printed in 88. So, little, but, man, the best thing about rereading something like that after all these years is just seeing in the books how much better Michael Stackpole gets as a writer from the beginning to the end. He, like, levels up so many times in there. Like, from the first to the second, he has this huge jump where everything just fits together better because the first one felt kind of quick and occasionally forced and all and somewhat uh you know even choppy as he's jumped from scene to scene mm-hmm. the second and third now man they just flow right in work really good uh and it's enjoyable to sort of re- revisit the whole battletech universe so i'm going all in on that 
Um, I started reading the the Grey Death Legion trilogy. Uh, spoiler: not quite as well written so far. <laughs> Same author though? No, different authors. Okay. Um, so we'll do that. Uh, they're not quite the earliest books you can get. There's one more early book that I cannot find. I had a bit on eBay on it, but it got way too expensive. Hey, Mike Disney, thanks for the subscription. Thanks, yeah, Mike. Thanks, Mike. But yeah, so the Warrior Trilogy still good. I still recommend reading it. Um, honestly, I don't think the Great Death Legion books are going to end up being ones that you have to reread. But if you ever wanted to get back into the Battle Tech and reread that stuff, the Warrior Trilogy is like the entry point. It gives you all the major plays of the early Battle Tech universe, at least as far as what they're covering, and sets the stage for everything that comes later. And super good. I will give them overall. I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them one spacer because they are a little old, um, but it's really hard to hold that all against them because they are so good to read. And I mean, for fuck's sake, it was the late '80s. <laughs> you know, they you can't hold it against them. The technology went way quicker and higher than we thought it would in shorter of a period. That's true. Wait till, I, mean, start wait till but... I start reading Shadowrun books and start picking apart. Cyber oh god, yeah. Keyboards, you're like, ooh, that's no. And that that's was cooler. just like the early '90s, right when that came out. Yep, and and technology has just been like crazy. Well, I mean, you think about it. You go from like you know, you know, when they're say they're right, come with the idea in the early, like the late late '80s, early early '90s, um, probably really early '90s, probably like 1990. And you, would you think computers would get as small as they are now? You would never think that. Yeah. Or the leaps and bounds, but anyways. I don't uh, know. The man from Uncle had radios and cigarettes. I'm fair. Just saying. Um, but also a good note that uh, sort of why Mike Disney uh, put that in my mind is uh, Michael Stackpole just shamelessly slipped in Buckaroo Bonsai references to the books because <laughs> one of the mercenary companies is you know Team Bonsai and the Hong Kong Cavaliers. And he just put that all in. It's absolutely great. I, I do love Tip of the Hats like that. Um, and honestly, they kind of fit it it's so much that in the lab, in their science institute on one of the capital worlds, there's a watermelon. <laughs> and they're like, because if you remember the movie, why is that watermelon there? And he's like, I'll tell you later. We never find out. But there's a watermelon in the lab, too. And it has the same sort of reaction. Um uh, definitely love those. Uh, pick them up. I think they're available on Kindle now. I have the originals because one of my cousins gave them to me when he moved and was no longer interested in them. Um, my copies are from 88 and 89, so they're kind of old, but something about a physical book once in a while. Super nice. Also, you know, libraries. They might not have something quite this old, but it's been reprinted a couple of times, so it's possible. Hard to say, yeah. Worth a shot. If not, Kindle check online you might be able to find a reprint that's not stupid expensive like that one book that's like $150 that I will not pay for that's nuts what book is that it, it's their earliest book that's never is been reprinted wow one of their earliest books it's just um, so funny thing is since I've been sharing this on Twitter I actually tag Mike Stackpole in his where I'm talking about his books and he responds back he's like yeah you know it was, it was okay but you, it, it's okay if you skipped it and I felt like he really adequately <laughs> cover the plot of it as sort of the beginning of all of what happens in these books. He, he works it in and he's great at that. He always, I mean, obviously always has been 
in a shared universe great at working in what other people have done into his books. Um, he's probably without a doubt my favorite author since I've read so many of his books and I love his shared universe stuff. Between this, between Shadowrun, he did some books there, and between uh, and uh, X Wing, Star Wars. Oh, so. cool. Gonzo. That was a lot uh, of talk on a book. You should a uh, book series. You should probably go. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, next movie I watched because it just came out on Netflix. And I was looking forward to it. Was Mary Poppins Returns? Um, just came out on Netflix recently. I think last week. Um, I I love the original Mary Poppins Beyond Belief. Uh, some of the greatest songs ever. You know, dance routines. You know, it's just a good childhood movie. Uh, love the hell out of it. So I was like, okay, let's watch this. Because I heard some people said some good things and some bad things. And so I'm sitting there watching it. And you can tell that when they're doing this, they're, they're trying to capture the Mary Poppins of old. They're trying their hardest to get that feel of magic and wonder and, you know, all the silliness that Mary Poppins did uh, with a bit of serious and learning the lessons of life and all that stuff. You can tell that they're trying, that they're trying so hard and it is so too hard. hard it yeah, was it, it was trying too hard they tried too hard um the songs weren't as good there was only like one or two that i thought were pretty decent songs um that i actually enjoyed and actually threw me back into you know the original mary poppins and i was like oh that's a cool dance routine that they're doing you know with this and it actually fit and it was like this is kind of cool this is mary poppins but the, 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 it was very far and few between, and I was very upset with it. Um, you can tell, like I said, they were trying way too hard. Um, there wasn't much to do about the movie. It was just kind of like, let's just go through the routine of here's a Mary Poppins movie. Here's everything. Yeah, when we're done and you can go home now. Um, it feels like for some measure, and some of these are, and Disney's pretty good at putting out quality stuff in general, so... It doesn't seem that way, but they're just throwing what they can. Like, let's remake everything, sequelize everything, just to keep their money coming in. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it's working. Yeah, I mean. We, and doing live back, action, uh, the quote-unquote live action of every every movie that yep. they've made. I'm sure that's all coming. No, I think it's not live action, goddammit. That's, yeah. that's why I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a CGI, quote. but still. Um, but, I mean, it was cute. Um, maybe if it was the first time I've ever heard of Mary Poppins, I would be like, oh, that's kind of cool. But I Mary mean, Poppins, <laughs> oh, that was the best. <laughs> but I mean, really, the, it's another one of those shows that you could have just like, you could have just gone. It would, it wouldn't matter if you would have made this movie or not. It, it didn't mean anything. It didn't hold a special place. It was just like, meh. And you're just like, damn it, because it could have been something good. But they, I would love to you hear try to child's hard. review of this to see if it becomes their Mary Poppins or not. Correct. Because at some point, maybe we're not the target audience, and that's hard. Yeah. Hard to see because really we kind of are because they both want the kids and they want the adults who loved it. Mm -hmm. So maybe this misses the adults. Maybe they hit with the kids, and that'd be good enough, wouldn't it? Yeah, it just, it was just a meh. You know, like I said, two and a half space herpes. <laughs> wasn't bad. Wasn't good. Like I said, one or two songs were kind of cool. One or two official rating. Yeah, man, <laughs> could be one of our official ratings. So I mean, I was just like, okay, done with it. Went over on that. John, you got one? Well, unless I decide to review something from a while ago, I, I'll, I'll actually review Spider-Man: uh, Far From Home. Oh, you want to leave that one for last, and I'll just go with no, the. I'll, I'll do this now. Let's okay. do it now. So All right. We don't. Um, 
So I'll start off by saying I liked it. I liked it a lot. I do think it is the third best Spider-Man movie to come out in the last couple years. I think Homecoming and Into the Spider-Verse are better, but I don't think that's a dig on the movie. I think that's just more of a look at the overall quality of Spider-Man content we're getting. Um, the early part was very high schooler, teenagery, and not really things I give a shit about anymore. It had some chuckles, it was amusing, but it was not as good as the rest. Uh, but I chalk that up to not being the target audience for high school drama bullshit. Um, I do find it awfully convenient that everyone of importance in his class was blipped out. Uh, you know, him, Ned, all the people who had names from the first one, plus Aunt May, and it looks like uh, uh, John Favreau's character, Happy Hogan, and some other teachers. It was kind of convenient. But, you know, I mean, half the people, it's not outside the idea of, you know, this could happen. The whole plot is he and his... He and his uh, friends, his class, are all on a European tour for science, even though it's not very scientific. But that sort of seems to be because the teacher is kind of incompetent. <laughs> they play that off. And the whole idea is, you know, he's trying to just relax. He just wants to have a vacation. He just had to live through probably the hardest time of his life. Given that he's a teenager, that has to make it extra hard. I mean, phrasing, I guess. In any case, um, they go on, and he gets drawn into fighting off bad guys. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to spoil anything, because it is sort of the, the whole idea there. But Nick Fury brings him in to help out fighting off some, some big, giant, elemental things. And he's got to decide if that's what he wants to do. If, does he want to be that? Is he Avenger? Is, is he just the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? There's a lot of decisions he has to make in the whole movie. And I actually felt at that point when they bring that in, the movie really steps up into being great. Uh, you know, you the high school stuff still happens, but it's so interspersed with actual, if you will, adult stuff that it's much more amusing, much more interesting. Um, I would say everyone in it does a great acting job. Um, his whole class is very amusing. They're all very true to who they were in the first movie and all. Um, Zadea playing MJ is amusing. Um, Ned's great. Um, and then, you know, Samuel Jackson's great. Um, God, what is the name of that other actor? My brain's not working, but all, all the actors are good. The other, uh, the other leads are good. It's just very well-crafted, and I can't go too much without spoiling stuff that happens in there, but... There's a lot of heartfelt moments in there, a lot of sort of passing the torch, taking up the torch type of ideas in there. And I feel like they're done very well. It's very believable that he's like a teenager who's unsure of what the hell he's doing with life. Is he the next Iron Man? Is he an Avenger? He doesn't really know. You know he's being pulled in a million directions. You know, he wants to go through school. He's got this girl he likes. Does he want to save the world? Can he save the whole world? You know, can he live up to Iron Man and Tony Stark? Uh, there's a lot of really good stuff there, and I really suggest if you like Spider-Man, if you liked Spider-Man Homecoming, so like if you're not Gonzo. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't like it, I just was not one of my favorite Spider-Man. Um, which is funny, because I actually think that's a great Spider-Man, but um, it is very good, you should see it, it's very enjoyable, 
It's got some good twists that you may or may not see coming, depending on how immersed you are in the Spider-Man mythos. Um, I feel like if you're coming in and you don't know the Spider-Man mythos, don't research anything. Just go into the movie. It will be more enjoyable for that. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it one space rupee because of the extra, you know, high schooly stuff in the beginning. That's just a little much. But once you get past just that part, because it's really just layered on early. There's not a lot of action early. It's just boom, boom, boom. But once they get going and they they get the diversity, the action, the comedy, the high school stuff, the adult uh, themes and all that, it really hits its stride and it is great. Um, definitely enjoyed it. Uh, would see it again. But uh, again, I mean, Spider-Man movies have been just super high quality recently. So <laughs> don't feel bad when I don't give it a great rating because the Spider-Verse was fucking amazing. Maybe the best Spider-Man movie ever. Mm-hmm. And Homecoming is really great too. So there you go. That's uh, that's me done. Gonzo, you can just take us home with whatever uh, wonderful movies you watched. Okay. Um, watch it, of course, on Netflix, uh, Solomon Kane. Um, I thought I had seen it because I know the the name. It's based off of the book series. Um, oh, Howard, actually. Do what? The same guy who did Conan, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually played the, um, the role-playing game. Uh, I can't remember... Not fate, Savage World system of Solomon Kane. Um, they're a witch hunter. It's got demons, superpowers, and all this other stuff. Um, it wasn't bad. It was not a bad little witch hunter uh, based on the Solomon Kane universe and Solomon Kane character. Um, good witch hunter type series. Good witch hunter type fighting. Um, special effects were all right. There wasn't much that wasn't bad about it. Um, Sorry, I feel like I got a burp. Uh, but I mean, some of the acting was just kind of meh. You can tell that the acting was kind of flat in a few spots. There it goes. Um, sorry, this beer has got me going. I've been trying to, I've been muting a couple of times. Uh, but I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, it, it's on Netflix. I mean, you can't, you know, bitch about it. If you, you know, if you don't like it, just don't watch it. Yeah, it's pretty much free. Well, you play for Netflix, but you're paying for Netflix anyways. Yeah. Um... A good little, you know, time waster. Um, decent story, cool special effects. Um, but like I said, some scenes were just like, really? You had to just say, it, you, you, you said, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, it's one of those movies I looked at, I'm like, this is going to be average-ish action movie type. And, and it was, it was average, but it was today. It, I mean, it was, it was, it was good. Um, like maybe a two if I'm pushing it. Space Herpes, but I mean, it's a good little action flick. It had some cool scenes in it. Um, cool fighting and stuff, so I mean, it was alright. We got time. Throw throw it up there. I mean, like I said, it's on Netflix, so what the hell. Yeah, I'm here. Um, I'm going to go with two. The two I saw at the drive-in. Um, we talked about the drive-in. If, you didn't, if you're not part and didn't hear the pre-ramble, you got to hear us talk about the uh, hot dog bun gender. If you'd like to know about that, you can go and subscribe to our Patreon and listen to our hot dog bun gender discussion. Um, I went to the drive-ins this last weekend and saw Men in Black International and the new Annabelle movie. Um, just so I got to remember next time, make sure to start my car up uh, more often because uh, I ran my battery down, by the way. Uh, oh. Not a big deal. There's plenty of people there. I mean, they're, they're, I'm sure it happens a ton and people will just, you know, jump each other off. And give everybody, you know, jump starts on their car. 
Um, so I, I did that between the between the movie. So I was watching Men in Black International. That movie didn't need to be made, honestly. Um, all the jokes, a lot of the stuff was just let 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 let's try to you know do something from the other movie. Oh, they're talking about the other movie. Oh, they're referencing the other movie. And oh, those are the characters from the other movie. It didn't stand out on its own. There wasn't this really cool, you know, thing about it. You know, new person becomes a men in black. You know, uh, it it just it didn't need to be made. Honestly, that I didn't see a reason for this movie to be made. I thought that was men in black two and three. Um, but I mean, the characters weren't very likable. They weren't cool. They didn't have a lot of good lines. I mean. It was just there, and you're just like, why? I think the overall reviews tend to uh, tend to agree with you on that one. It was just sort of there. There, there wasn't anything that set it apart or made it seem cool or made it stand out. Uh, oh, it's Men in Black International. They go to Paris. Uh, so it's the same shit, different day. Um, so like I said, it's it's, it's another meh movie. Yeah, I could have lived without it. Uh, wait till it comes out free, and you can just watch it then. Don't worry about watching it in the theater. I don't see a reason behind it. That's my plan. Um, and then Annabelle, uh, the newest Annabelle series. Now, I'm not a big horror fan. If it's got to be a horror movie or something like that, it's got to be really good for me to stick around. You're not a horror Annabelle fan. wasn't. It's a sequel to Atlantic Rim, but you're not a horror fan. Horror fan? <laughs> um, let's just say we left about. 35, 40 minutes into the movie and just said, ah, fuck it. Let's go home. <laughs> it was bad. Um, it's just... It's just horrible. I mean, they tried jump scares constantly, which are horrible to do. That's bad. Kind of what I thought it was was just going to be a, a bunch of jump scares. Yeah, and you can tell that's what it was meant to be. You can tell that it was meant for certain audiences. But it was kind of just... It wasn't good. I mean, I got bored. You couldn't follow it. I mean, they you you learn a little bit at the very beginning, and then after you've watched like fifteen minutes, they bring up this big old block of story of what's going on, and then they the movie goes backwards in time, and I'm like, what? And I'm like, okay, and it just we left. So I'm not. I, I can't even really give it an honest rating because one, I just couldn't stand it, but. If you like the other ones, you might like this one. If not, just wait till it comes out and decide for yourself. But I'm not going to give it a rating at all. At all. Wait, wait. Doesn't that mean it's like Atlantic Rim on the scale of... No. No. Atlantic Rim? I mean, is it just like the maximum space herpes? No. It sounds like what the old uh, guys at Spill used to call some old bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) It's just not even worth it. Like I, I can't, like, I can't give it a, a a herpes rating because I didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't, you can't, you can't give a movie a rating if you don't watch the whole thing. Which is why I watch every movie I start. Which is why I try not to start terrible movies. Yeah, <laughs> especially late at night. Um, but my last one, um, I'm a big fan of the Tales of Arcadia, which the original series is Troll Hunters. Uh, and then they made Three Below, which is about the aliens in Arcadia. Um, and season two of Three Below came out. 
And like I said, I'm a huge fan of the world in this series and the universe and everything that's going on. And we get to find out because we know that there's another series coming out called Wizards. That's going to be about the wizards within this town. Now, this town is kind of like Stranger Things towns. Why does everybody live here? This is like the fourth time that they've been attacked, you know, from the world. Um, I've heard this a lot of uh, so it, it, it's good. The it, it does do some throwbacks there. They're finally the first season was just about the aliens and them integrating into society and so on and so forth. Uh, this one was about the aliens having to deal with things that are happening in the universe with the troll hunters. And the troll hunters are being part of the series now. And they, the lore is intermingling cooler. And I thought that was really neat. I'm like, cool. Now we learn why this is this way and why this is that way and why this is happening and all this other stuff. And I was like geeking and nerding out about it. I'm like, this is cool. This is awesome. Yes. Let's do this more. Um, and you know, you, you see things and everything's happening and everything's doing stuff. And you're like, let's just keep this going. And the characters are great. Everything's wonderful about the series. I really, really like it at all. Um, I like everything that this series does. Uh, I'm going to be sad when the entire series is over. Um, the, the you're saying that, I always thought, I'm waiting for the butt. Like, it sounds like he's got a butt coming. Well, there, there is another, se- like I said, another, another series coming out called Wizards. And it's about a group of wizards that live in the same town. Um, and at the very end of this last season... They introduce, um, not going to spoil it because I know some people are trying to watch it right now. They introduce one of the wizards. Um, and what's funny is you really, one of the wizards, you already know who it is because you kind of see it through the progression of the TV series. Um, and so they're going to do wizards. And then I think that's going to be the end of the series. Uh, how many seasons of wizards are we going to get? Don't know. Um, are we going to get a wizard of seasons and then a wizard and then a season of all three season, all three series together in one saving the world. I think that would be cool. That would be really awesome. I mean, give me wizards where it's about the wizards. Then give me a season where the wizards intermingle and help everything with the troll hunters and three below. And then give me a season of all three of them together to do what they have to, to, in the series, because after Wizards, the series is over. There are no more Tales of Arcadia. Um, so I'd be kind of, I'm going to be kind of be bummed about that. But I mean, I really like it. If you haven't watched Troll Hunters, start from the beginning, go through it. It's a great cartoon. Short episodes, go through. It's got a really good lore, really cool things. The characters are really well written. Uh, it's very funny. Then start Three Below. Let Three Below go off and finish with, it with the new season and then start up. Um, the new when wizards come out, and you'll be, you'll thank me. It's actually a really good cartoon. Um, I, I I miss really good stuff like this. That's just you know you you're, you're actually interested in what's going on, not that it's just crazy stuff. Um, but that looks like it's it. Oh, I did. I carried us one minute over. Damn it. That's right. Because <laughs> uh, as I said before, I got tried to say before I got interrupted is uh, I might be late to the uh, pre-ramble uh, mm-hmm. next time because it's movie night with Alex and Anna, and we're having a triple feature of Batman Ninja, Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So nice. We'll see how quickly we can get that all done. But uh, uh, expect three reviews next week for me. Nice. More if I see something else. Right on. And we'll be finishing up the Expanse. 
I actually have to go to training twice this next week, so I'll only have maybe what? like nine movies to review instead of fifteen. So only nine. <laughs> oh my <laughs> only god! Nine. Uh-huh. Are they gonna make you work over the summer? What kind of bullshit is oh, that? Oh, I know. Training that I hate. I'm sure. Watch my Facebook page. I'll definitely be sharing some of my opinions on what's going on, like yeah. I did last time. And I remember Kathy streams Tuesday through Friday, generally speaking. Yep. And I uh, am going to stream probably Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Wednesday, Wednesdays might go away forever because I have Wednesday night Transformers TCG with the dudes. And then something else maybe come up this Wednesday. We will see. Hmm. All right, guys. For More Than Dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. Bye. 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 It's okay, guys. I can go bye bye. I mean, Uh, well, you need to go bye bye. Over now. Now.